Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Let me try to get you up here and get on track. So, um, so sorry. I just made it. No, not, not a problem. Not a problem. There we go. James, there you are. I was just finishing up with our, with our previous, with our previous guest. So I'll bring IQL Rizzoli back in here and we will, uh, Get you into gear here. Uh, we have got a great guest joining us today. Dr. Peter McCullough is with us here on our big program. And um, Dr. Peter McCullough, we have had him on our broadcast a couple different times in the past. He has been a uh, just a, a – uh, you've been all over the place, my friend. You've been, I've been around the world and, uh, and back. <laughs> It seems just amazing. So, um, Dr. Peter McCullough, what, what, what do you make of the the news yesterday that uh, they've gotten rid of the mask mandates on the planes? What, 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 what do you think about this, Dr. Peter McCullough? Boy, I tell I, uh, you know, people are jumping. People are j- jumping for joy. And uh, there's no doubt about it that the uh, uh, the whole country, if not the world, has known that the masks don't play any role when they're sitting on well people. There are 12 randomized trials, two in COVID. If we put masks on two people without the illness, it can't do anything. And the airlines knew the masks didn't do anything because people take the masks off as soon as they bring the drinks. So yes. uh, they knew it, it was a giant charade. <laughs> And I think it's sad that we have to have judges, in this case, a courageous uh, young woman judge in Florida, to, to overturn the mask mandate. Yeah, I think the CDC should be ashamed of itself. Uh, we should have only had masking uh, relevant to sick people only. And that's in all applications. You know, in the hospital, if somebody has COVID and they're in their room, we put a mask on and we go down to CT or X-ray. That's fine. Uh, or if we're dealing with a COVID patient to wear a mask, that's fine. Yes. Or if somebody is sick, they can wear a mask while they're you know, moving from one point to another. But the only thing we needed in airlines is flexible change policies. If someone got sick on a trip with COVID, they need to be able to change their, their flights without getting a penalty. That's what we needed. We didn't need to put masks on everybody. IQR Rizzoli and I have been discussing this for the longest time, Dr. Peter McCullough, and um, IQ, we've got the expert with us today. What, what, what do you have for Dr. Peter McCullough? I, I agree with him. For God's sake, it's a matter of logic. The problem <laughs> is America has gone insane. The leadership has gone insane. I mean, literally insane. Everything now is extraterrestrial. Everything. Why do you think we haven't um, done anything with science, Dr. Peter McCullough? What? What? Because it seems like you know they always say, "Listen to the science, listen to the science." Well, don't don't listen to scientists and medical people who 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 don't agree with what we're saying. 
Well, uh, there hasn't been any uh, there hasn't been any responsiveness to the data. This is very important to be responsive. Yes. So when we start out in 2020, we we know relatively little. Uh, but yes. once we learn after a few months that the virus does not spread from asymptomatic person, that was a wrong assumption. It was built into published manuscripts. As soon as we learned that it was sick person transmits it to a susceptible person, and that 85% of the spread occurred within the home, then immediately, within a few months, we could have easily followed the Great Barrington Declaration, which came out in the third quarter of 2020, which said, all we need to do is protect the seniors. That's it. Yes. That means no masks, no lockdowns, none of these other measures. Focus on sick people, particularly the senior citizens. If we would have been responsive to the data, which I was, uh, but I can tell you our public health officials weren't, uh, we would have solved that whole lockdown, public masking, social distancing. Once we learned it's not spread on pizza boxes, we, we should have pulled all the hand sanitizers uh, you know, out of all the public places. It's not a hand infection. It's a respiratory infection. And then if we would have followed the science on the virucidal washes, which turns out to be a great advance, the virus replicates in the nasal passages, we should have followed the 12 clinical studies and three large randomized trials showing that if we wash our nasal passages with dilute povidone iodine or dilute hydrogen peroxide, we can markedly reduce the risk of infection, and we can make it much milder if we actually get COVID-19. I, I Agreed. just... Agreed. Yeah. I mean, look, all of it is pure logic, honestly, pure logic. But we have leaders, they're politicians. And politicians, the minute they get into power, they don't want to relinquish power. And the minute they get an epidemic, which gives them the power to overrule everybody, that's exactly what happened. Uh, I was on several flights, as the doctor said, the minute we start drinking or eating, every mask is out. So what's happening? That's that's the thing. I'm, I'm just amazed yeah. by this, Dr. Peter McCullough. Because you know, he's being logical, for God's sake. <laughs> you know, on my Twitter feed today, I have a part of interview I had with William Wallace, William Wallace for America, and I told him, as I go across the country and give public programs, either individually or better in teams, the, the feedback I hear from large crowds is that, Dr. McCullough, what you says makes sense. It just yes. makes sense. And I said, you know, it's common sense. Let me give you another common sense um, point. The vaccines are only indicated to prevent COVID-19 in somebody who has not had the infection. They were only tested in people who have not had the infection. So COVID recovered, suspected COVID recovered, those with antibodies, they're not allowed to get the vaccine. So it's just like the mumps. You wouldn't take the mumps vaccine if you've already had mumps. So again, it's common sense. You wouldn't take the COVID-19 vaccine if you've already had COVID because it's too late. It's too late. Common sense should tell you it's too late. And so, you know, we, this idea of just apply common sense to any one of these issues, and you're almost, almost certainly are going to get to the right answer. You know, the side effects. I'm, I, I had three shots. I had two of the Astra and one of the Pfizer. And I lost appetite. 
I lost 8% of my weight. I lost my taste buds are not the same. So whether I got sick, in fact, I got sick. I mean, I, I, but I'm, what do you call it? I don't show the disease. A asymptomatic, I, I believe. Yes, yes. Uh, I, I had COVID, but I, you know, I had absolutely no symptoms whatsoever. None, zero. So the vaccine gave me more trouble than the COVID, which worries me. Yeah. Amen to that, brother. We've got a great yeah. guest with us today. He joins us live. Dr. Peter McCullough is with us. He is a, a internist, cardiologist, epidemiologist. He's managing the cardiovascular complications of both the viral infection and injuries developing after COVID-19 in uh, the, the vaccine that was developed. And Dr. McCullough is uh, – just an amazing individual you've seen him all over the place he's been on joe rogan alex jones he's he's been everywhere and uh, he is taking some time to chat with us today um the great dan perkins has just joined us and um so dan you have had all sorts of uh problems with covid uh yes, what I kind of questions do you have for uh the great dr peter mccullough um Thank you for joining us today. It's a pleasure to uh, talk with you, and I hope I can uh, have you on my show relatively soon. Um, I'll get Jim to give me your contact information. Yeah. Um, I, I, I'm not a, a doctor, didn't, didn't go to medical school, just barely made it out of high school and college. And, um, but I've, I've been doing reporting for a long time, since the mid-'70s, and um, I'm tenacious and I, I, I think that the public health service in this country, the, the bureaucracy of the public health service and the bureaucrats at the top of it have done a terrible disservice to our country and probably to generations of children to come. Um, I, I, I'm not intentionally trying to put you on the spot as much as I'm really looking for insight. What happened to the, the medical process, the inquisitive nature, uh, do no harm of the Hippocratic Oath? What happened to that when we got doctors who turned into dictators uh, that put our country in danger and millions of people in danger? Can you give me any insight, Doctor? I think it's a great question. It's getting to one of the core problems. Uh, I think the groundwork was laid over many years where so many doctors in independent practice couldn't survive anymore, given the bureaucracy of electronic records and all the additional clerical things that doctors were doing. So they, they literally had to work for hospitals or health systems, either directly or through parent operating groups. And then you sweep in with COVID-19. So doctors really are no longer independent in their ability to, you know, make decisions and evaluate. And it's declared an emergency. This is very important. And then there's a really, really important term called emergency countermeasures. And if you look this up, emergency countermeasures include everything, everything coming down from the CDC, FDA, uh, NIH, 
you know, following the NIH uh, uh, guidelines approach and, and almost making it be a boundary uh, in terms of what can be maximally done in the hospital, which we never do, by the way. Guidelines can be a bare minimum, but they, they never outline the maximum of what we can do for a patient. They, uh, the counter uh, measures, these emergency countermeasures include accepting money from the government and then following talking points like they will promote the vaccine. Uh, they will follow the narrative, if you will. Uh, that basically captured about 90% of all the doctors. A recent Texas A&M survey show about 10% of the doctors are not going along with the vaccine. They don't think it's safe and effective. But uh, I tell you, it captured a lot. And uh, so many doctors now feel trapped where they were sold a bill of goods on the vaccine. It's obviously, the vaccine is not stopping COVID, and uh, it's generating huge numbers of deaths and huge numbers of non-fatal injuries. On my, and, 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 of course, the literature is just blowing up on this. Uh, on my Twitter feed today, Epic Times uh, is a premiere coming out on the 21st. It's called The Spike Protein Fallout with uh, pathologist Ryan Cole, why, find out why there's such a large increase in deaths among normally healthy 18 to 49 years old. I mean, what a terrible story. I mean, can you imagine? How about this one? Wall Street analyst. Wall Street analyst says 61,000 excess deaths due to the vaccine, the greatest fraud in history by Art Moore and Larry Elder. I mean, you know, you're a reporter. You tell me. I mean, these are some of the worst headlines I've ever heard. Doctor, there's a there's a, a, a significant movement by the government to get children vaccinated to the to the extent that they are now using children to do the commercials for appealing to children. And there's a recent commercial that I heard for the first time a week or so ago. And this, and the the story, the headline coming out of the commercial, is over two million children in the United States were diagnosed with COVID in the month of January. Now, I'm I'm sophisticated enough to know that they didn't say two hundred or two million went to the hospital. Uh, they, they went 200 that 2 million were tested that had the, the virus. And but they're using still today, they're using scare tactics to get people. And, and, and doctor, again, I, I defer to your expertise. I, I, I don't understand uh, the idea of taking children under 12 who the last number I heard, and I could be, I'm sure it's probably different now, but the last number I heard, doctor, that out of the 60 million children under the age of 12 in the United States, 790 had died from COVID, and that was primarily children who had extraordinary circumstances in addition to getting the, the, the virus. I, I don't understand why... Uh, the medical profession would allow us to put an experimental vaccine in the future generations of our country and without any of the protocols that have been in place for testing of new vaccines for years, decades, were totally ignored. And, and uh, I understand what you're saying about doctors being intimidated by the government, but um, this, this could very well be a 
the worst disaster perhaps in the history of mankind when it's whenever it's said and done and yet we still have people who are angry because a federal court judge yesterday in florida said you can't you can't force people to wear masks on airplanes and public transportation and and uh, in a 57 page document even the Biden administration came out initially said this was going to be hard to fight. So, you know, I, I'm sorry, doctor, but I think of ulterior motives. I don't think that what we're, we, we had here was an opportunity. We had an opportunity to do a lot of harm, and the Democrats decided this was the harm that we could do that we could get at Donald Trump. It was a political motivation, not a scientific motivation. Well, I mean, you wove in a lot of great points. The only thing I can say is it can't be Democrat versus Republican because it's worldwide. And it can't be Pfizer or Moderna or J&J because it's Sinovac in Indonesia and Chile. And it's the same things going on. It's the same psychology going on. So, um, you know, I I think it's driven by fear. We've used the term mass formation psychosis where people aren't thinking correctly now. Um, I'm going to appear on a documentary later on, um, I don't know, this year or next year, uh, filmed by the UK. But I can tell you, every major U.S. government official is in the documentary that you see on TV. And I'm in it, you know, as a news commentator and, and, you know, some other ones that you're familiar with. And I did get a chance to ask the producers, what do they really think? What does our government really think about the vaccines? And you know what they said? It's very interesting. They said they really don't think the vaccines work. They really don't think the vaccines work unless every single person takes it without exception, including the tiniest little baby. They have bought into this theory that you have to hit everybody with it. And that's the reason why there's this relentless focus on the kids. It's not for their personal safety. It's almost using the kids as human shields is really what they're doing. And it's just, as you pointed out, it's just, uh, it's absolutely diabolical to think that, you know, Ruben, who's the editor of New England Journal of Medicine, who is on the the, um, advisory committee for the pediatric vaccines, he said, listen, we're not going to know if these are safe until we just try it. And then we're going to try it on 60 million kids and see if they're safe. The one message I give to parents and grandparents is the vaccines in no way can make the kids healthier. So you take a healthy child, you can't make them healthier by installing the genetic code for the Wuhan spike protein, the Chinese protein in the kid's body. They, they cannot be healthier. The only thing we can imagine is the kids will become sick. Some kids will become very sick and some kids will lose their lives, but they cannot be healthier. They, the vaccines cannot make them healthier. COVID-19, as you pointed out, is less than a common cold. Uh, for most kids. Uh, and, and so it's indistinguishable. So you mentioned uh, 2 million kids getting COVID. Listen, there could have been 4 million kids getting a cold. You can't tell the difference. Doctor, the, bottom, I... the bottom line, it doesn't matter. If a child, let's say a child with cystic fibrosis or with a, a leukemia or another condition, if they got COVID, I can tell you what I would do as a doctor. I would treat them. We can use inhaled budesonide. We can use oral ivermectin. We can use uh, oral prednisolone, azithromycin. Uh, we can use uh, a weight-adjusted aspirin uh, for a short period of time. I can tell you, we can get the kids through the illness. The only kids who've been hospitalized or died with COVID 
have done so because they weren't treated early as outpatients. Doctor, uh, thank you for that. Um, uh, I, I look at it and, and I, I, I was just thinking back to our short conversation and I saw the film last night out of China of what they're doing in terms of isolation and <clears throat> ripping people out of homes and, and physically, uh, in essence, arresting them, not as police officers, but as, as health workers and taking them off to in essence, concentration camps because they wanted zero COVID. And I, I don't see how that's possible. So it, it looks to me as if that China, which may be the origin of the virus, is the most violent in, in, and invasive in, the, in its people than any other country around the world. You know, I would agree with that. I think China's, to look at these... Uh, these films and photos, and I've done it too, is a great reminder to recognize what we've learned. The virus is spread through the air. It's not spread by contact. So we don't need hazmat suits. You know, everyone wearing hazmat suits and, and, and wrestling with each other. There's ones where they're wrestling somebody and they're trying to stab Q-tips up their nose. Uh, and little kids, you know, wearing draped in hazmat suits. All that's completely unnecessary. You know, as a doctor, if I made a house call on somebody with COVID right now, all I would do is wear a mask. That's it. And then I wash my hands afterwards. It's not a big deal. COVID is not like Ebola. It's not like Clostridium difficile. It's simply a respiratory illness. I would take the same precautions if someone had influenza. The second point is we're not getting to zero cases. The virus keeps mutating because we keep giving vaccines. So there's three analyses, one by Subramanian, Camp, and Beatty, all showing we're prolonging the agony of this due to mass vaccination. We have basically spurred the development of resistant viruses that continue to be more contagious. So if we never had vaccines, we probably would have finished this. Just like with SARS-CoV-1, it was done pretty quickly, but the vaccines have really added more misery and prolonged this greatly. Doctor, we, 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 we know that the, that the COVID-19 is in the SARS family. I believe that's correct. Yeah, that's right. There are three principal SARS viruses. The two other ones are airborne. And for some reason, our medical people decided in the beginning that the COVID-19 virus was spread on surfaces. Well, let me just let me just respond to that. I think we were greatly misled by some studies that came off the cruise boats, the Princess cruise ship, where they found virus on plates and forks and what have you about two weeks later. And the difference was is that the viral particles are found in all kinds of secretions and what have you, but they are largely not communicable unless the virus is airborne. And mm -hmm. it takes roughly about three hours in the same room with somebody with hardly any airflow to transmit the virus. It really takes that amount of contact. That's the reason why the original Chinese papers showing 85% of transmission in the home were correct. Um, so it's so interesting in this mass psychosis now where China is basically trying to get to zero cases wearing hazmat suits, which we wouldn't even do in an urgent care in the United States. And uh, they're like anybody else, they're just going to have to get through it. Do you know South Korea 
which was relatively untouched, just went through a big outbreak. They were 93% fully vaxxed. The vaccine did nothing. South Korea went through a big outbreak. They're on the backside of it, and they're opening up again. You know, this is a type of thing where we just have to get through it. Treat the high-risk elderly, those with diseases, with the early treatment protocols. I would, you know, I devised the McCullough protocol, which is the most comprehensive and I think the most intensive for sick people. Treat them early. The first three days of symptoms are the golden time to treat. And everybody just go about their normal business. So there are some people, doctor, that think that that the Biden administration and the Democrats used the COVID as a weapon to intimidate and create fear in the American people and to turn away from Donald Trump and turn to the Democratic Party. Um, and by and large, the American audience bought that and they're not buying it anymore but do you think that the that the we're being set up for the next round so that we can make all these changes again in the in the primary election in november to uh, change the outcome again i i think everything is in the open and one of the best books to read is peter bregan covid 19 and the global predators we are the prey and I wrote one of the introductions to it. And it's, it's nonfiction. It's got a thousand citations. Dr. Bregan is, you know, in his middle 80s. He wanted to get it done as, a, as his capstone. And it, what he says is correct. Everything is in the open. It's in the open. So, uh, for instance, when Klaus Schwab wrote the book, The Great Reset, it's in the open. He said COVID-19 is the opportunity we've been waiting for to reset the whole global new world order. I mean, it's in the open. Uh, the former FDA commissioner, Scott Gottlieb, is on the board of Pfizer, and he's advising people to take vaccines. Stephen Hahn, the one after him, FDA commissioner, he's in the venture capital firm that funds Moderna. Uh, if you look at the CEO for Moderna, Banzo, he was at BioMeru that actually helped build the lab in Wuhan, China, so they could make a vaccine against the virus. Uh, Rick Bright, who brought hydroxychloroquine, uh, that was a key part of trying to force the vaccines. He was in the White House. He joined the Rockefeller Foundation, which funds eugenics and vaccine research. Gates has said, Bill Gates has said, he wants to reduce the world's population through mass vaccination. It's on the cover of UK newspapers. It's all in the open. This is all in the open. There's, there's nothing concealed here. The National Institutes of Health co-owns the patent with Moderna for the vaccines. The NIH is going to push the vaccines all the way. Everything is in the open. There's no secrets here. There's absolutely no secrets here. There are stakeholders. The U.S. federal government, the National Institutes of Health, the CDC, the FDA, the current vaccine manufacturers and those overseas, Gavi, CEPI, the Gates Foundation, World Health Organization, the Chinese Communist Party, it's all in the open. They are the predators, and they are profiting greatly for, from what's going on. But it's in the open. I wouldn't look for any secret memos, and it can't be so small as Democrat versus Republican, because it's worldwide. So... Is the if I heard you correctly, the objective is depopulation. 
I can't say because, you know, I, I, there's no secret memos. Um, I can't see how anybody is enjoying this. Um, but, you know, Bregan's book does indicate that there are stakeholders that are profiting greatly from what's going on. I mean, I, you know, I'm not smart enough to understand how the World Economic Forum would benefit from what Klaus Schwab says is going to happen. I can't possibly understand that. I can't possibly understand how the Gates Foundation or Gates personally would profit from depopulation and why he would say such a diabolical thing and put it on the front of UK newspapers. You know, I can't imagine that Scott Gottlieb would go on CNBC and tell people to take vaccines, but he's on the board of Pfizer. You'd think he'd have a restraint about conflict of interest. Right. But it's, it's, it, it's it, apparently it's all in the open. It's pretty clear right now it's a vaccine in every arm, every six months, indefinitely. And the goal of everything, it looks like, is to get a needle in every arm in every person in the world every six months indefinitely. That looks really clear. And it doesn't even matter what vaccine it is. It's just make everybody take it. So with your outspoken nature, how have your peers reacted to what you're saying? There's a survey showing about 10% of the doctors have finally woken up and they understand the vaccines don't work and they're not safe. Um, there are many others that are just in a trance. Uh, they refuse to recognize vaccine injuries. Uh, they um, uh, you know, fail to treat COVID-19 to this day. They don't treat COVID-19. The, the Pfizer drug is not being used. The monoclonal antibodies are not being used. They still fail to treat it. Uh, people who get sick enough uh, will get hospitalized. So the doctors are still in this trance where they uh, suppress and fail to treat COVID patients, let them get hospitalized. The mortality in the ICU is still 30% for COVID when it happens. Fortunately, there's very few cases right now. <laughs> and then they're massively promoting the vaccine in an unbridled fashion without any concern over vaccine safety. The, vac right. the, the American College of Physicians, the AMA, the American Se College of Sexual and Gynecology, the American College of Pediatrics, they express zero concern over vaccine safety. Doctor, um, if you think about uh, the, what's going on, um, I, I wonder how it will, or will it ever turn? Are we doomed to do this forever? I think the only point of hope is the only court that's open and fair is the court of public opinion. I think people keep thinking they're going to get a fair judge or a fair jury. It's not happening. The whole world is in a mass formation psychosis. And I think Matthias Desmet is correct, the psychologist from university. Again, he said, listen, you got four things. You have a prolonged period of isolation. We had that. We had things taken away from us. We had that. Number two. Number three. We've had constant free-floating anxiety. Do you know uh, the new White House COVID coordinator still floating out more fear-mongering, that there's going to be more subvariants and what have you? Uh, Biden uh, uh, doing a lot of fear-mongering uh, statements. And then the last thing is that we have 
a, a solution or sets a solution that comes down from uh, positions of authority. And, and what Desmond says is, you know how we're in mass formation when you see absurdity, when you see absurdity. So the example is someone wearing a mask and driving alone in the car. That's absurd. Someone wearing a mask while they're in an Olympic swimming pool or riding a bicycle. That's absurd. Someone who takes a vaccine after they've had COVID. It's too late. The vaccine is only to prevent COVID. It's too late. That's absurd. Um, uh, uh, people who have COVID, they continue to take boosters. That's absurd. So anytime you see absurdity, that's diagnostic of mass psychosis. And it can be really dangerous. I'll tell you something else. Pregnancy. A pregnant woman wouldn't even have half a glass of wine because she doesn't want to hurt her baby. But yet she take an injection of experimental genetic code yes. for the Wuhan spike Chinese <laughs> spike protein in her body. Can you imagine? A woman won't even take a Tylenol when she's pregnant, but she'll take experimental messenger RNA or adenoviral DNA loaded on lipid nanoparticles with no safety data and have unbridled generation by of that. Chinese spike protein in their body. It, it's just stunning. I am just, I'm stunned and amazed the fact that people are, people do not, uh, one of the biggest things, Dr. Peter McCullough, that I have found is that when you go get a shot, what, 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 wherever, whatever it is, wherever it is, they always tell you what's in it. COVID-19 is the first time that anybody has ever just said, well, here's my arm and they don't care what, what's in it. You know, they, the whole idea that they're not going to tell you the full ingredient list, that when Pfizer and the FDA were sued, the lawyer for the FDA said, we're not going to release the Pfizer documents for 55 years. And he doubled down. He wanted to make it over 70 years. And fortunately, we prevailed. Actually, Aaron Siri prevailed. I lead. I had the uh, review committee. And when Pfizer does release the first sets of documents, Pfizer knew about 1,223 deaths within 90 days of their vaccine, and they didn't pull it off the market. Voluntary yep. recalls typically occur at 50 unexplained deaths. Pull it off the market. I can tell you, it's absurdity. It's dangerous yes. absurdity. This is not debatable. We can't have large numbers of people dying right after they receive an injection. Everybody should be incredibly alarmed. There can't be a single company that would ever mandate a vaccine when large numbers of people are dying after yes. the vaccine. Aren't they worried about their employees dying? I mean, think well, about that. Well, that, that, they're not worried about the employees dying. It's, it's get back to the mines. We need to make more money. But I understand what you're saying. You would think that they would. <laughs> but uh, we all know in, in, in corporate America, it seems that... Uh, Nobody really cares about that. We've got Dr. Peter McCullough with us today. He joins us live here in our broadcast. IQR Rizzoli, sitting here listening to Dr. Peter and Dan and myself. What kind of questions do you have for, for the doctor? Well, I agree with everything he said. It scares me shit, I'll tell you that. <laughs> yes, yes, it should. But doctor, this is personal. In, I'm in Europe, and I'm in England, and they want to give a fourth injection. I'm listening to you. I'm not mass hysteria. I'm not going to take it. Do you agree with me? 
Well, the data are very clear on fourth injections. You know, I've been on national TV uh, regarding that. The, the fourth injections just don't have the scientific support whatsoever. We have no randomized trials uh, supporting them. And then we have the observational real-world data. And one of the tricks I got to tell everybody is when you look at data, do not read the author's uh, conclusions because the authors... Yes. The authors basically are either in this mass formation or they're they're accepting this these emergency counter um, regulatory money, and they are not uh, giving you the correct um, interpretation. Just look at the data themselves. So I'm going to bring up uh, efficacy of a fourth dose published uh, in the New England Journal of Medicine by Sharon Amit and colleagues. New England Journal of Medicine, March 16th. Okay, and uh, here are the data. This is very important. I'm just going to read them off to you. They calculate vaccine efficacy. Vaccine efficacy at least has to be 50% protection to be any good at all. Otherwise, you wouldn't waste your time. So with the fourth shot of Pfizer, vaccine efficacy against infection, fourth dose, 30%. Mm. Against disease, something symptomatic, 43%. With Moderna, Vaccine efficacy against infection, 10.8%. Against disease, 31.4%. This is pitiful. This is the worst data ever. That's the reason why Dr. Mark at the FDA says, listen, these boosters are base, are, are, are basically a, 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 a is choreography. It's just an attempt at a stopgap measure. They basically don't work. Moderna announced uh, today that uh, it's on my Twitter feed, P underscore McCullough MD uh, uh, on Twitter, that um, uh, th that they have a new program for their uh, boosters, and it's a bivalent booster where they're uh, you know going to provide some protection against beta, which is ridiculous. That's the South African variant that's been extinct now for uh, for over a year, and then against Omicron. And uh, it's going to be two different types of antibodies. It's going to be two different codes, messenger RNA codes. And it's not going to be ready until the fall. Well, we're pretty much done with our Omicron curve. By the time they possibly come out with a vaccine, already <laughs> it's going to be obsolete. Wow. And by the fact that they're developing a new vaccine, they're already admitting that the old ones don't work. Right. Doctor, what was the name of that periodical that you just quoted the statistics from? Uh, new England Journal of Medicine. And that was uh, Amit, M-A-I-T, and colleagues. It's on my Twitter feed, P underscore uh, McCullough, M-D. That's just an example of, you know, that's absurdity. It's absurdity that Moderna could possibly even be on the market with 10% protection in a fourth dose. It's, it, that it, was, it's that was March, you said, doctor? That was March 16th, 2022. So, amazing. Um, Doctor, the, the, I have some friends in South Africa, and, uh, uh, and what I'm hearing is that um, many South uh, our African nations are, quote, behind the curve in terms of getting their people vaccinated. And I hear similar things about uh, South America. Um, yet we, d we, don't, we don't seem to be... Um, we don't seem to be talking much in the mainstream media 
I mean, if you if you if you just follow um, Fox News, just and I'm not saying you have to be a, a, an avid follower, but you can see what's trending in the Fox News and when it runs its course. And we had for months, almost two years, the lead story every day was something about COVID. It was replaced by Afghanistan, and then Afghanistan was replaced by what what's happening in Ukraine, and now Ukraine is being replaced with something else. But COVID's not on the on the trending situation in the in the alternative news media. Do you think that the American people are finally waking up? And and if if this study, which you quote from the New England Journal of Medicine, says that the four shot is not effective. Will will Americans abandon their 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 obscene loyalty to the federal government and refuse to get the shots? I think they already have. We're at the lowest point of vaccination since the start of the program. I uh, looked at the CDC data the other day for a national program that I gave a public. Uh, a lecture, and only 25% of Americans right now are fully vaccinated. Remember, if somebody hasn't had a shot since November 1st, they're unvaccinated. So everybody, there's so many people walking around who think they're vaccinated because they took a vaccine a year ago. The vaccines, all the experts agree, they run out of any protection after six months. So we only have 25% of the country that's vaccinated right now. And you point out, you know, equatorial Africa, the Caribbean, I was just down in the Caribbean, very low rates of acceptance of the vaccines. They've actually had a very easy time with COVID, partly because of probably healthier lifestyles outside, less transmission, vitamin D, you know, even the BCG vaccine, which is used heavily in Haiti and equatorial Africa, probably has a protective role. And some of these countries in Africa, they're 6% vaccinated, mainly because they say they can't afford the vaccines. They can't afford. So the WHO is trying to make them more affordable. You know, two thirds of the world, believe it or not, has taken a vaccine. What an ill-advised move. What we're learning is the healthiest people are the people who have never taken the vaccine. Right. So they have no extra risk of blood clots, no extra risk of heart attacks and strokes and heart inflammation. It's pretty clear the way to stay healthy is to not take a vaccine. Well, I'll tell you, Dr. Peter McCullough, we have got a great guest. He is with us, Dr. Peter McCullough. And um, one of the things, doctor, that I found really strange was that, uh, and it's not really strange once you look at all the <laughs> once you look at all the details, but uh, I had COVID before it had a name. And I had two or three people that I knew that got violently sick and they ended up having what everyone knew to be COVID and they never got a vaccine and they've never gotten any of the variants. And in a roundabout way, they haven't really gotten any colds or anything. (laughs) So one of the things I keep hearing is that if you had it, before it had a name or before you know you had the very first version of it um you really don't need a vaccine because you got the antibodies is is that pretty much what what's going on doctor well remember if you've already had covid it's too late for the vaccine that's the best way to think about it it's just like mumps if you've already had mumps 
it's too late for the mumps vaccine. Again, we're back to common sense. Yes. The vaccine is only indicated, the only FDA claim it has in the EUA mechanism is that it works to prevent COVID-19 if you haven't had it already, and it just prevents the binary occurrence of the common, the, you know, the cold symptoms. It yes. doesn't reduce hospitalization, and it doesn't reduce death. That's for sure. And the Pfizer dossier, which is the biggest one, there's more deaths with Pfizer than there is with placebo. So there's no wow. claims that the vaccines make it milder or that they reduce hospitalization. Now, having COVID, like you described, does. Now, through the wild type all the way through Delta, people just didn't get second infections. But yeah. once we had Omicron, Omicron broke through and you could get a second infection. Typically, a uh, second infection is like a, you know, a few hours to a day or so of a mild fever or a runny yeah. nose. So I'm like you. I had COVID early on because I was treating patients like I should have, like all doctors should have. Yes. And I got a lot of exposure. I had COVID early on. And then I was free of any illness. In fact, I saw patients and had tons of more exposure, never got it, never got Delta or the other variants. But then Omicron came, my daughter developed it and brought it home for Christmas. And like many people, I had a mild, <laughs> wow. I had a mild syndrome for Christmas and I was over with. Now, in that time, I've had two common colds. I'm just finishing a second common cold. We're going to have these. This is okay. Yes. This is part of life. We got to move on. Damn. Okay. Tell, tell Dr. Peter McCullough a little bit about your antibody situation. I had, uh, in January and February of 2021, uh, I had the two-shot regiment here in Florida for Moderna. In um, August, I, I've been doing a lot of interviews with, with, with doctors and virologists and, and, and vaccine people, doctors and scientists, and... Uh, and I said to Mark, we didn't go up to New York uh, the previous year at Christmas time, and our children are saying, well, now that you've had the shots, are you going to come up for Christmas? And I said, oh, I think so. And I was interviewing this uh, scientist from the University of Pennsylvania, and he said, have you had your antibodies checked? And I said, no. Why would I want to know that? To find out if you have any. I said, okay. So he, he gave me instructions on what to tests to ask for. And so I, he said, I would normally like to see in the range of 2,000 to 2,200 units of antibodies uh, in, in a healthy body. I had two shots, and within five months after the second shot, I had 41 units of antibodies in my system. So I, I either, he said, you either never had any when you got the shot or they deteriorated more rapidly in you than most other people. So well, I there's a, yeah, yeah, there's a paper by Israel, from Israel, uh, showing that there's about a 40% decrement in the antibodies against the spike protein after the vaccine per month. So it's 40%, 40%, 40%. So there's 22 studies showing the vaccines only last about six months, yet the spike protein is in your body for over a year it's because the, bi the body, uh, in a sense, cloaks the spike protein within exosomes or within monocytes. Dan Bongino asked me, he goes, he goes why, why do you have risk for blood clots and all these things for a long time, but the immunity is so short acting? It's because the body is, in a sense, mopping up this spike protein. In a paper by Hakeem and wow. colleagues, with the natural infection, 
you have a library of, of at least 15 different sets of antibodies against different uh, antigens. Wow. With the, vac- with the vaccine, you just have one set of antibodies against one protein, which is the spike protein. So the vaccine is very limited, very narrow, and very short-acting. And uh, and people are very disappointed that they don't have protection. You get virtually no uh, secretory IgA protection in the sinuses. That's where it really matters. Remember, there was a recent paper by Hamid Merchant from the UK, a vaccine developer. It's on my Twitter feed. And he said, listen, if the vaccines would have been a nasal mist, like a pediatric nasal mist vaccine, that would have made a lot more sense because you would have had immunity up in your sinuses. But the vaccine doesn't give you any immunity in your sinuses. That's the reason why vaccinated people get COVID so easily and they pass it to other people. There's papers by Chow, uh, Acharian, Rimerisma, and Acorsi. Acorsi was published in JAMA, all showing that fully vaccinated people are loaded with virus in their nose and their sinuses when they do get COVID. So, so getting the vaccine before seeing your kids, again, it's absurd. It doesn't do anything to protect you or your kids from COVID-19. And our CDC director told us this. She came out early in the vaccine program and said, hey, everybody, the vaccines don't stop transmission. And she meant it. But yet families and people don't listen. It's so interesting. Doctor, so my my the the doctor I was working with at University of Pennsylvania suggested I go get the the Pfizer first shot. Got that within seven days of getting that shot, I had a horrendous case of vertigo. Never had it before in my entire life. Within a month and a half after that, I got COVID, and at the end of the COVID term, I had a heart attack. It's tragic. This is going to have to be my last answer because I have to go on to another. No, show, no, 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 not not a problem. Not a problem. We're going to no, wrap I, up. Listen, anyway. I just go have ahead, to say friend. that that's a that's a tragic story. It's absolutely tragic because you got dose number one of the vaccine. You got loaded with the Wuhan spike protein. Then you got dose number two. You got loaded with another load of it. Again, the body doesn't clear this out for over a year. Then you get a dose of Pfizer, full dose. And uh, you get a third dose of one spike, but then you get COVID, you get the fourth dose, and almost certainly that triggers your heart attack in someone who's otherwise a healthy man. I tell you, this is a tragedy. I think your case is going to be one of many when we look at the cumulative dosing of the Wuhan spike protein, how it contributes to cardiovascular disease, neurologic disease, immunologic and hematologic, and blood clotting. We're seeing this all over the place. The vaccines cannot make anybody progressively healthier. It can just make people more ill or at risk for problems. So I'm so I'm really sad to hear this. Uh, let me let that be the last word, James. Well, Thank you. Doctor, before we let you go, how do people get in touch with you and everything online before we let you go for today? <laughs> you can follow me on America Out Loud Talk Radio, the McCullough Report. And there is a Q&A part to that. And Malcolm out loud and myself will tackle that in the Pulse programs, which will be on Wednesday afternoons at 5 with a encore at 10. McCullough Report comes out every Saturday and Sunday. It's one of the most popular podcasts now in all COVID-19. And I interviewed the experts all over the world. And then you can follow me on my Twitter feed. I got P underscore uh, McCullough MD and uh, I have about a half a million, half a million followers and, and more. I'm a frequent contributor on Fox News, Newsmax. I was on call for Fox tonight. It's funny that uh, it was mentioned, and uh, you know they're busy with some other story tonight, so I won't be going into the studio. 
uh, and you can follow me along. The thing I've been true to America on is just a fair evaluation of the data uh, that we've always yes. been able to treat the virus. And, and listen, if there's a safe vaccine that comes forward and it can protect our nursing home residents, I'll be I'll be the biggest fan of a safe vaccine. <laughs> I got I got two parents in a nursing home and they they are sitting ducks for severe COVID. I'm not against vaccines. I've taken all the vaccines. Uh, you know, prior to COVID, myself, my kids are have about half of my home right now. People have taken the COVID vaccine, so I'm not against vaccines. But what I am disturbed with is the story I just heard that the vaccines don't work to stop COVID and then they're related to so many common problems so many like heart attacks. Heart so I'll let attacks. that be the last word. Well, I appreciate thank you, it, doctor. doctor thank, you. thank you for doing this, my friend. Okay. Be good, you guys. Appreciate thank it. Uh, as we wrap up here, let's go to Dan Perkins. Dan, uh, before we let you go, how do we get in touch with you and everything? Um, the website is danperkins.guru. The foundation website is Songs and Stories for Soldiers.us. Books are available at Amazon. Uh, the new show, new network is Black and White. US. And would you send me a link? I will. Two, I will send you his. Uh, I'll send you his email and everything. And uh, so, and IQ. Before we let you go, uh, how do we get your books and everything, my friend? Just Google my name. El Rasuli, A-L-R-A-S-S-O-L-I. By the way, <laughs> the doctor was amazing. That yes. that was a fun, fun it's interview today. Common sense. Common sense. That's all it needed. Yeah. <laughs> That's all it's needed. Well, IQ, I will see you on Thursday. And Dan, I'll talk to you next week, sir. See you guys. See you. Appreciate Thank you. it. Take care. There Bye. they go. That is Dan Perkins, IQ Al Rizzoli. And uh, we will see you a while ago. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.